0: Everybody talks about being liked, trusted and top of mind. And a lot of people that are in sales or in business, they might be liked and trusted to be able to do a job, but they're not top of mind. If I use the gifts as a strategic business advantage, I'm not gonna be a knife salesman, I'm going to be a referral machine. And CEOs and sports teams and whatever else started taking my phone call because we started to practice what we were preaching. We all have room for an artifact and when somebody makes something personal to us that's useful man you want to talk about like playing on a whole nother sphere and you know people everybody wants to play in the blue ocean i'm like
1: then start doing things that are different than everybody else as we experience unprecedented uncertainty one thing that is even more crucial is the value of human connection john rulin is a pioneer in the art of winning hearts through what he calls radical generosity. In challenging times, salespeople and business owners should consider the value of proactively showing up for their employees, clients, and partners, while others are pulling back with scarcity. John's entire playbook is to continue to deepen connections for the long term. And anyone can consider how to apply the spirit of these concepts to support others in their own communities. Get ready for a thought-provoking conversation with the legendary John Ruler. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger the lessons of the Cutco Vector Experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, we are on today with John Rulin. John is the number one all-time selling Cutco sales rep ever in the 70-year history of Cutco. And he has branched his Cutco business off to create a business gifting business that is the largest business gifting company in America. It's called the Giftology Group. Very special niched operation that he runs. And his clients include 25 major pro sports franchises. Morgan Stanley is a client. Dr. Horton, who is the largest home builder in the world, is a client. And John is one of the most respected people in the community that I have a chance to be around. And somebody who I've been super excited to have here. I've been fired up about this interview since we scheduled this like six or seven weeks ago. And uh, really looking forward to this, John. Thank you for making the time for me today.
0: Dan, uh, there's a few people I, I'd make time for this
1: time of year, but uh, you're one of them. So I, uh, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, your story and your background is so interesting and so compelling that uh, I just wanted to open up by asking you to share a little bit about your background and how that led up to you starting work with Cutco uh, many years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of times people assume when they hear the sales, they're like, maybe John got lucky. He was the rep that like, his dad was in the country club and he got you know Silicon Valley or New York City, some cool place. The exact opposite is true. I'm, I'm a farm boy from Ohio. I grew up You know, poor. Now, I wasn't the kid without any shoes at school, but I definitely was the kid with the the garage sale special. One of six kids, one acre garden, heated our house with wood. It was pretty old school, um, and grew up baling hay and milking goats every morning, and about as uh, blue collar as it gets. Um, And I decided I didn't want to be uh, blue collar. I decided I didn't want to be poor and uh started a side business going to school to be a doctor I, that was the plan was i thought doctors made a lot of money my mom was into health and wellness i'd go make her proud and um and started a side business working for time where a cable fell off the ladder two different times and uh it was like man i'm gonna end up dead not in med school like this is not cool and that's really out of desperation went and found cutco and uh and thought maybe it'll last a summertime. And really, one of the reasons I did it was a buddy of mine had sold all through college and was was opening a branch office. And um, and my other buddy from high school was six foot seven, but he was the smallest six foot seven person you ever met. He was shy. He was going to seminary, and I was like, if Steve Wiggers can sell these crazy knives, then maybe I can. And uh, literally wore my glasses to look smart in the interview. I was that nervous. I wore the one tie I had and. And uh, and went in, and um, you know that was 19 years ago. And, and you know it's almost June, and uh, that was June 6th of 2000. Was uh, was when I kind of took the leap of faith, and and um, a lot's transpired in those 19 years.
1: Yeah, indeed, a lot has transpired. And tell us about some of the moments that stand out for you, particularly in your early career. Uh, what were some of the moments that stand out, and some of the lessons that came out of them?
0: I remember being pretty desperate and, and doing forty appointments during my first ten days, my fast start and uh, I, I remember I was driving two three hours everywhere to see people and um, I think I remember one of my one fir- of my first summers during s c two push I remember i go I went and somebody at church I went to go see them and, and uh, of course the oh, we 're not going to buy anything but we 'll see you kind of like as sympathy. And I remember I almost canceled the appointment because it was during SC2. I'd already done like eight appointments that day. They were the last one. You know, my friends were asking to go out. And I went over Eli and Clara Mast. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember going and by the end of the appointment, you know, they'd ordered like an ultimate set with flatware and the whole nine yards. And and I was excited at that, that push. I would had sold quite a bit of cut Um, But I remember coming back a uh, a year later to check on them. And I remember like looking in, you know, they invited me in in to the house and I looked over at the ultimate set and like 80% of the set was gone. And I was like, that's really weird. I'm like, you know, maybe they'd put a few pieces in the dishwasher, but why would 80% of the pieces be gone? I'm like, Claire, like what's going on? She says, uh, John, we ended up giving 80% of it away to our kids. (laughs) And I'm like, why would you buy, you know, you realize there's smaller sets. And uh, we that you could have bought. She's like John, but you were so excited about this set. We we felt like we were missing out on something if we didn't buy the whole thing. And uh, and I, I mean, I was like dumbfounded. But I was like, man, it's amazing when you're excited about something. When you're fired up about something, like you can really transfer that energy to another human being. And and uh, and I never really considered myself a salesperson at all. I'm actually introverted, ironically enough. But one on one, I'm really good, and I was really fired up about my goals. I was really fired up about the product. I was really fired up about the you know like just hitting, uh, just helping people, and um and I I realized like the the power of somebody to be able to transfer that energy into that excitement to a product, and you know that that was like an eye opener for me early on to realize that, and and to you know that's a responsibility to make sure that you're getting excited about things that you really believe in or that things that are good. Um, but it was also a realization, like why some salespeople can do really well with a product like Cutco, and why some others can't, and why some people can get do really well selling widgets or toilet paper or whatever else. Like, if you have belief in that product, it's amazing how you can can bring people over onto that side of the fence. And really, human beings do buy from other human beings. The product has to be good too. But uh, but that was a powerful lesson early on. Yeah. What are some of the other traits you feel
1: like make for a great salesperson?
0: well I, I think that um, you know I didn't like hearing the word "no," um, but I, I think that uh, for me, I, you know I try to set myself up for success the best way possible. and so I got really good at vetting and making sure I was going to see people that were qualified, and I think that a lot of people say they're going to see qualified prospects, but really they're not and and so I mean my close rate was really high. I closed nine out of ten sales and i think that was one of the reasons was the qualification i think the other thing is is that my appointments typically weren't 30 minutes they were 2 hours like i, I remember you know sitting down with people and really connecting with them at a really deep level and i think a lot of the top cut reps are really you know reps in any industry you know they're not yes you need to do you know your repetitions to be able to to close deals cuz at some level it's a numbers game but i think that i became very good at you know whether I was seeing three people or 30 people, each of them were qualified and I was willing to set aside and meet with them for two or three hours. A lot of times early on, I was showing up with food to cook, not only to cut, but I was scheduling meetings to be able to make them dinner. Um, I was bringing things to involve their kids. And so I think that, you know, I tried to set myself up to where I, I didn't mind hearing no, like as an objection of like, it's too expensive or that's not the right size set but I didn't want to be sitting people that weren't qualified hearing no from somebody that's pissed off that you wasted their time or whatever else is different than no you haven't made me feel comfortable with the particular product or offering or whatever it was and so I became really good at qualifying and going after ideal clients and I think even to this day like that served me well as is, is qualifying and spending the extra time with you know I'd, I'd rather go meet with one CEO of a large company You know, that could order a half a million dollars over the next five years from me, then go see, you know, 50 people that can order a paring knife from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and being willing to play, everybody says it's, you know, it's sexy because of Gary Vee to play the long game, but most people's long game is five minutes, five days, maybe five months. And I think for me, I've always, Played that long game being like five years or 15 years or 25 years. And that served me really well, too, to be able to be patient enough, not that I'm sitting back and waiting,
1: but to realize that relationships take a while to develop. It's interesting that, you know, when I think about what you're doing now with Giftology Group and some of the things I've learned from you, there's this real element of like personalized service of giving to your clients and it seems like that was born out of your early Cutco experience that you were doing things with your customers before even you know taking out the knives to really connect with them and be of service to them and it's cool to hear that those were things that you were learning during those early days with Cutco
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the personalized element, the investing in people, everybody, you know, it's cool to say I'm adding value first, but most people don't do that and they don't do it over and over again. I remember taking, you know, this is within my first five or six years, I was taking people to, you know, paying for them to jump on a bus and go tour the factory at Cutco, you know, four or five hours away cost a lot of money. But that investment in, in some of these relationships either grew the relationship from a $3,000 client to a $30,000 client or took somebody that was ordering zero and a year later now they're ordering $10,000 and, or 20000 or whatever else. And so like having that long-term mindset and really you know, not just saying you're adding value to be fake and, and act like you're doing something but actually following through on it uh, is, is a whole different ballgame and people can read between the lines pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. You know, if there's people listening to this who are outside of Cutco or new reps that just got started, they're probably wondering like, okay, I could see selling $3,000 in knives, but how do you sell $10,000 or $30,000 of stuff? And for you, that came through the idea of leveraging Cutco as a high end gift. What was the experience where the gifting idea really clicked for you and, and how did you develop it? Well, I'd like to say it was my
0: idea. But in many ways, it was uh, my original mentor, Paul, who was an attorney. He was a rainmaker, deal maker, super kind. He was the guy that was find deals on noodles and give everybody at church the next Sunday like 200 people a year supply of noodles. And it was my girlfriend's dad. Uh, he was on the board of trustees of Malone. And I pitched him the idea of giving away pocket knives. Since all of his clients were CEOs of big companies and financial advisor firms, insurance companies, and I thought he was always giving things away, maybe he'll buy a pocket knife at Christmas. And uh, he changed my life forever. He's like, John, I don't want to order pocket knives. Um, this is literally my first two weeks of working with Cutco. He's like, I want to order paring knives. I'm like, Paul, why would you give a bunch of grown men CEOs... Like, a kitchen tool. That's weird. And he said, uh, he's about 60 at the time. He says, John, in 40 years in business, the reason I have more referrals, access, deal flow, engagement, loyalty, you name it, is I found out one simple truth. And that's if you take care of the family in your business relationships, everything else seems to take care of itself. Hmm. So, you know, to this day, we still sell a lot of knives, but back then it really, and even to now, it's not about the knife, even though the knives are amazing it was about what the knife represented and it represented taking care of not just the executive the decision maker it represented taking care of what we now call the inner circle so paul treated the assistant or the spouse the same way that he treated the ceo or the executive the vp of sales and so for us that was it was like a lightning bolt for me to understand like paul understands relationships at this really deep level and and even though he probably didn't think about it from a psychological perspective he had, like he saw the benefits of how Investing in people for the long haul, taking care of their family, giving them something that they use every single day, you know, with their inner circle, with other friends and other referral partners possible. Like, the reason he had so much deal flow was that he was the most liked. Everybody talks about being liked, trusted, and top of mind. And a lot of people that are in sales or in business, they might be liked and trusted to be able to do a job, but they're not top of mind because. You know they're they're only as top of mind as the last advertisement that maybe they saw or whatever else. And most of the gifting that they do is consumables and in you know stupid stuff like gift cards and bottles of wine and jackets with your logo on it. Paul understood like man, if I could invest in people and use a gift that we now call an artifact, man, you're going to get over ten years if they use it once a day. That's thirty six hundred thoughts top of mind awareness impressions, and you're going to win even if you're just you know, liked and, you know, decent at your position, but you're the most top of mind. Like you get the phone call, you get the extra referral. And, um, and so really that was when I was like, holy crap, I want rather than selling one knife at a time or one knife set at a time. If I use the gifts as a strategic business advantage, as I use gratitude as this competitive ROI, man, I, I, nobody cares about knives. Nobody cares about gifts, but everybody cares about deal flow and referrals. And that was the aha. I was like, I'm not going to be a knife salesman. I'm going to be a referral machine. And, uh, and you know, CEOs and sports teams and whatever else started taking my phone call because we started to practice what we were preaching, which was we started to send out a crap ton of personalized Cutco to people and got people excited about, hey, this is a whole new form of marketing that people think they're doing when they're sending out promo and swag. But no, they're not. They're sending out a bunch of crap from China. You send somebody a world-class gift with their name on it and their spouse's name and get people talking about you five years later, Like that's, that has some real legs. And uh, people thought we were insane. Even the owners of Cutco and everybody thought I was like... When, they, when we started turning in orders for a thousand knife sets, people thought I was like flipping it on eBay or <laughs> I, I was stealing credit cards. Um, but they soon realized that there was actually a business case for this.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. My wheels are turning and I bet that any Cutco rep listening and any business owner outside of Cutco who's listening has their wheels already turning right now. And I would love for you just to expound upon, you know, how did you take this idea and expand it into, you know, giftology group and what you're doing now? Just how did this all come to pass?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's been a 19 year process. I mean, it's been an evolution. Initially, we started just with knives, and and even to this day, like people, we had a couple articles go out globally on Business Insider, and the reporters like, "Hey, John, what's the hot new sexy gift? Like, what are you selling the most of right now?" And I laughed. I'm like, "It's the stupid knives." Now, (laughs) and he's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Well, the last time I checked, you know, a lot of people in business are a bunch of married people." You know, they have kids, they entertain. If anything, 20 years, being a foodie or hosting or whatever else has become more important. Being US made has become more important. Being able to personalize a gift and not have it feel generic. And frankly, with everything going digital, like when yours when you go completely against the grain, like it used to be like you'd get all this junk mail in your, your mailbox. Now you get junk mail in your email inbox and in your texting. And and so tangible has more power now than ever because nobody does it. And so you know we started to realize like, hey, we need to have like it 's not by one knife it 's like you know we 've developed a system it 's like how do you love on your employees you know instead of doing honey baked ham, how could you love on them over the next ten years and build them a full two three four five thousand dollar cutco set instead of sending gifts at Christmas like everybody was doing, we, said, we started to teach our clients, hey, the surprise element is half of the gift. What if you started sending out gifts just because in the middle of April in the middle of July in the middle of October? And we started to really like command a different level of attention with our clients by saying, we're going to tell you when you should send the gift and what it should be because we've been thinking about it for 10 years and you've been thinking about it for 10 seconds or 10 minutes. So we started to become more of a consulting firm that happened to do... They could outsource all of their gift purchases through, but we weren't an order, t- order taker anymore. We were actually advising the CEO or the, the event planner or the director of marketing and saying, Hey... We want to help you invest you know, $100,000, but you're going to get $10 million over the next three years back. And we're going to treat gifting like an ATM machine. You invest in your employees, you invest in your clients, you invest in your referral partners, and you do it so radically different than anybody else that's in your industry. And you're going to stand out. You're going to be liked in top of mind versus you know, the people that are doing trade shows and Facebook ads and, and uh, normal mailers and all the other crap we're going to... Where everybody's going really cheap on gifting and their average gift is $17.77, we're going to show you how you're going to invest you know, $277 and you're going to melt people's faces off. Um, but you're going to shock and all them into you know, being memorable and all these other things. So over time, we've realized that the item itself is important, but it's like the sixth step in the process understanding who you're giving gifts to, why you're giving gifts, when you're giving gifts, and what the real desired outcome is is way more important. It's like people want to start with, hey, what's the cool thing? And what they don't realize is there's like eight other steps ahead of that to determine it. And because of that, we've we've started to to realize that the the educational element, me speaking on, you know, Right now, we're getting paid like 25 to 50 grand to go keynote at places. And, you know, we've spoken at Google and some pretty crazy places because there's really nobody else in the industry, you know, that is really tying ROI and really being strategic with their gifting. And so that's all, you know, that's been incremental. Like one year we learned the timing really mattered. And one year we learned, and we've kind of put this whole recipe and system now together with the book and the course and the speaking and consulting to where it's all kind of gelled and people are like man like you're like an overnight success and I'm like no like we've been doing this for 19 years and over time
1: we figured out the recipe but it didn't all come at once wow that, there's just so much good stuff in there i like where you talked about the steps and the process of gifting and understanding who are you gifting to first of all why are you gifting when right and the timing of it you know not being ordinary times what is the desired outcome of this because obviously you know we're, doing something here so that there is some kind of ROI. It's not just out of the goodness of our heart. Although I think the spirit that people exhibit generosity with you know, comes from their heart, yep. um, but there is a desired outcome. And then after all that is like the what to give. First are all those other steps that you have to be thinking about. Yeah. If you miss one of the other steps, the what doesn't matter.
0: People are like, Oh, I've done the whole gifting thing. I've done that. And I'm like, Did you follow this recipe? And I list off the 20 things. And like, no, that doesn't matter. Like, I don't I didn't do a handwritten note, but who cares? And I'm like, who cares? The person who's receiving it, like it either feels like it was a gift made for them or it feels like it was automated. Guess what? The emotional impact is just as important as what you're sending. Like, if you don't have the emotional impact connected, that's why people are like, oh, like it doesn't matter about you know taking somebody to break bread and and who cares what the impression is. Like, we're just playing a numbers game. I'm like, no, if you want the biggest most influential people on the planet to engage with you, whether they're an influencer or a client or a partner or an employee, then they care like how you make somebody feel is massive. Like people justify all day long with logic, but they will go with their gut feeling about you or your company or your product. And so people are like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter the handwritten note. And I'm like, I won't send out a single gift for our clients. When they outsource their gifting to us and they want to buy Cutco, I'm like, unless you're willing to put a handwritten note with it, which we'll do for them. I, I will not do Cutco for you. And they're like, what do you mean? I can't just order a thousand pieces. And I'm like, no, because you're going to invest a hundred grand and be pissed off because you didn't get any ROI from it. And that one detail of a handwritten note is just as important as the item, whether you're sending Cutco or custom leather goods or you know a Rolex, I don't care what you're sending. The note is just as important. And so a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, the gifting doesn't work. I, I, I do things all the time and nobody sends a thank you. And I'm like, here's why. You think you're baking bread, but you decided not to put yeast in today. And guess what? You're not baking bread unless you have yeast in there. And you're not baking bread unless you put flour in there. You're not baking bread unless you put water. If you don't use the recipe in the system as it was intended, then you're cutting corners. And the other person who receives the item, it is not going to have the desired impact because you didn't follow the system and the recipe. And that's really... You know, what we've been really good about crafting over the last 19 years is getting really specific about hey, if you're not willing to follow the recipe, then you're not a good client. And I don't care how big you are, like, you're not thinking about gifting from a psychological perspective. You're just wanting to check a box to get something off of your plate for your event or Christmas or whatever else. And if you just want to ship stuff in a box, then go order it from Amazon. Like, they're really efficient at shipping stuff. But I guarantee the, the impact of something showing up from Amazon or showing up from Giftology, even if it's the same item, the little things around it will determine whether or not it has a 100x ROI or whether you, the other person just feels like a number. Mm. And if they feel like a number, then you can kiss your referrals and your loyalty and your
1: engagement and your access. You know, You can just kiss it right out the window. Wow! Wow! What are some of these other parts of the recipe? Like you described, like a handwritten note being a key. What are a couple other elements of the recipe?
0: Yeah. So personalization is massive. People they deface their things that they send us. They um, they do things in their pers- in their business life that they never do in their business life uh, or in their personal life. And, and like it's like going to a wedding. Like you'd never you know engrave compliments of Dan Cassetta on the gift you're giving to somebody that's getting married. Like you'd make the gift about the couple, their names, their date you know, all about them. Yet in business we do it. We engrave our logo, we put it in our in our colors and we call it marketing. And there's a big difference between a gift and a marketing tool. Nothing wrong with a marketing tool. But if you want something, especially your affluent people, if you're if you're dealing with the masses and you're giving away a t shirt, you know, or something to ten thousand people, then slam your logo on it. Like all good. But if you're trying to connect with the top one percent of your industry, you know, your employees, like the gift, by its very nature, should be about the recipient, their name, their spouse's name, their family name should be all about them. And yet, in in our Western culture, we've confused what a marketing tool is and what a gift is. You know, it's it's uh, you know a lot of the things that we talk about are all biblically based. They're like Old Testament, like the Proverbs. A gift ushers you before kings. Like that's Proverbs eighteen sixteen. Like this is old school wisdom that's been around for five thousand years. We're just happen to bring. You know, a new spotlight on it, but the personalization of something matters, including a spouse. Like, I've had people come up to me, and, and a lot of people that you're giving gifts to in business it's the CEO, it's the decision maker, the executive, the director of marketing, and they get treated like gold all the time. When they travel, it's first class, there's upgrades at Four Seasons, they golf Pebble Beach. Guess who gets the worst out of being in business? Their assistant, their spouse, their kids, and their pets. So, 80% of the gifting that we do. People are like why do you do the stupid knives I'm like here's why because guess what a lot of the industries that are in are a bunch of married dudes, and their wives like I know my wife when I travel i'm getting treated like King Tut and she's taking care of three kids that are puking and throwing <laughs> up and you know, they got sick with the flu the first day I left she's dealing with her own personal hell and I'm, and i'm like getting I'm speaking after Magic Johnson in San Diego in the middle of January like i'm like getting treated like royalty. So if somebody wants to get to me, they got to spend ten grand to get my attention. But if they spent a little bit of money on my wife, guess what? She's the one who's talking about that person to me. She becomes the internal, you know, champion, sales champion, advocate for that person, that company. And, it, and that same is true in any business. You want to get to somebody, you want to love on somebody, make them look like the hero to their inner circle, their spouse, their kids, their assistant. Do all of your gifting to those people, and the executive will be happy. Like. You know, most of the time when, when I send a gift, the, the executive could give two rips about the knife. But if he takes it home or she takes it home to their spouse and they love it, now all of a sudden they're like, man, I want to talk to this John Rulin guy. And oftentimes, you know, they think the gifting idea is stupid. So they're like getting ready to go to bed three months later. And their wife is asking about John Rulon and Giftology. And they come back to me, like, John, I'm sleeping with your sales rep. I'm pissed off. Like, I, I, my wife's never even met you. And yet she wants to go to do lunch and talk about you and recommend your book. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, if it works with my wife, imagine how my 10,000 employees, or imagine how my 250 referral partners, like, could we do this with them? And I'm like, are they human beings? And they're like, they laugh. They're like, well, yeah, they're human beings. I'm like, well, then it works. I don't care if you're a technology company, if you're a widget manufacturer, I don't care if you live in Idaho, I don't care if you live in New York. Guess what? There's certain things that are common amongst human beings. And that's really what we're tapping into is people are like, oh, like, do you do a, a 10,000 different gifts to 10,000 different people? And I'm like, no, I'll take the same gift, the same knife, the same leather good, whatever it is. And based upon the handwritten note that goes with it, how it's personalized, the timing that it shows up, including their family, including their assistant, all of these little parts of the recipe. And each of those 10,000 people feel like they were the only ones that received it based upon following that system. And that's the magic of it. People are like, God, oh, do you have 10,000 different gifts? I'm like, no, we have like our top 10 list. And Cutco goes one of them, but it's not the only one. And based upon tapping into somebody's humanity, we're able to impact and influence and deepen the relationship. And we all know when relationships deepen... like referrals and deal flow and all the other stuff comes with it. you know. And, and most people, they're like, ah, gifting doesn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you have that attitude about it. But if you are willing to realize that how we show gratitude and how we deepen relationships, like really the gift is just the tangible reminder
1: of the value that you placed on that relationship. That matters a lot. Wow. Wow. You referenced your top 10 list. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you like, what are two or three other cool items that are on that list besides Cutco?
0: Yeah, so I like things that tie into the kitchen because that's the hub of the house. That's if you want to connect with somebody at a deep level, guess what? They invite you over to their home with their family and you break bread together. Like it's as old as the you know the Last Supper. Like we break bread together. Like that's where we big deals happen, whatever else. So I love things that are tied to to the home and to the kitchen. Um, so we do these cool glassware that's made from reclaimed wine. Glasses um, they are beautiful and they're like they're used at like the Four Seasons and the Ritz, but they're useful. They're cool. They have a cool story. Uh, if we do a wine tool, there's a, a wine tool that's only like five thousand are made um, that uh, that are like three to seven hundred dollars a piece. They took like ten years to develop. But if you go to the French Laundry or the Bellagio, it's the tool that they use to open up a thousand dollar bottle of wine or a twenty thousand dollar bottle of wine. And most people would never go spend five hundred dollars on a wine tool, but. If they're into entertaining and wine and even opening $50 bottles of wine, like you you open 10 bottles, you drink them, you forget about them. You send somebody a $500 wine tool. That's like 10 bottles of $50 wine. They'll have it for the next 50 years. And every time they pull it out subconsciously, they're reminded when they're with all of these influential people, they're reminded of you in the relationship. Um, so those are some of the, like some of our favorites. What's interesting, I, I, I take all of our clients through. Whether they're going to gift and do all of their gifting through us or not, we walk them through the ten worst gifts to avoid giving, because a lot of times people just need some boundaries of like the stupid things to avoid, and then they'd be in the top, you know, two percent of gift givers. So it's things like wine or consumables or alcohol. Gift cards are on that list. Um, if anybody, anybody that, you know that follows you wants to download that list, they can go download the white paper for free. Um, they just go to the link, the givers edge with an S the edge.com and they can download the 10 worst gifts to avoid giving. And we also share like some of our best secret gifts and best practices and a few other things. But, uh, but oftentimes the, uh, the 10 worst gifts is a great place to, uh, to start. Most people, when they come back to us are they're, they're horrified because they're like, John, the last 30 years, like you just gave us our whole playbook. Like we've gifted every one of those 10. <laughs> they're like embarrassed. They're like, I'm like, well, at least the next 30 years can be different. You know, just just uh, just stop giving the, the stupid consumables and things like that.
1: Yeah. How about, John, the personalization aspect? So I learned this from you. Of course, uh, for any of you that happen to be watching this on video, John's book is Giftology. It's awesome. And there's a lot of great ideas in here. And the personalization idea really struck me. Just as a simple example, I was hosted by Christopher Lockhead at his house um, I'm not sure if you know him, but uh oh, yeah. got go, I got to go to his house and hang oh, out with awesome. him one day and had lunch and you know, we did a podcast episode down there. And I sent him a thank you and it was simply two pieces of cutco. He's got two books. One book is called Play Bigger and one book is called Niche Down. So I sent him a big knife and a small knife and I engraved Play Bigger on the big knife and Niche Down on the small knife. Yep. And uh sent him that little gift pack to his house and to you know, him and his wife and he was fired up. He was stoked. And it's just such a small gift. like this, We're talking about a $200 gift here.
0: Yeah, not um, $20,000 or anything. And, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, but that little element of personalization was really key. And I've leveraged that a number of other times as well. What are some other ways someone can leverage the personalization aspect besides engraving a Cutco knife?
0: Yeah, well, I think that um, if you find out somebody, especially if their spouse is interested, but what's interesting about authors and speakers is the words that come out of their mouth and their, their ideas, like it's like their baby. And so we've done the you know, quotes, their favorite quote or the favorite quote that they, they wrote or that they've lived their life on, you know, their favorite Bible verse there. I mean, anytime you can tie into somebody's core values and who they are and what they value the most, you know, we've done things with uh, you know, leather goods where we'll find out their alma mater and that they're a huge supporter of that alma mater and personalize it to, you know, they went to Auburn or they went to you know, Michigan State, like people go crazy about their colleges. Um, but I think that more than anything, you know, if you can tie in the personalization and tie in the person's family and their spouse, like that's where things get crazy. You know, because oftentimes, like you might, you know, you might get catered to really well when you're a speaker uh, or a CEO or whatever else, but you're not, you know, you're not catering to somebody's spouse or their kids, their kids' interests. Um, I know one of the guys that uh, that, that sent a gift to uh, to Chris you know a lot of times people find out that they're into surfing and Chris is huge into surfing and so um Scott Lowry went and made this I, like, I was crazy... there. Yeah, so you I... saw the crazy surfboard that was like not a cheap surfboard, a really nice surfboard and it was custom personalized to to Chris and and what he loved and and uh and so it was an artifact every time you either saw it on the wall or went and used it like uh, there's that tangible trigger and so most people are like oh yeah, I sent him a little paperweight and I'm like eh, I don't know that they really you know like and making sure that whatever you're personalizing is best in class and world class. That's where most people are like, "Why well, personalized?" It. And I'm like, "But you got it at things remembered, and it's like some trinket from China. Like that's not the same. Like you want it to be useful or wow and personalized. And so that's part of the recipe. Is you know if I'm going to give somebody, it's like my business card. Like most people spend one or two cents on their business card, and our car- our cards are three dollars a piece. And people are like, wow, what a waste. And I'm like, no, you'll waste $12 on a flashlight that ends up in the trash can in three minutes. I'll spend $9 less on a business card that's around for the next 10 years. Um, and so it's not always spending more money. It's taking as an entrepreneur, as a sales rep, it's how can I spend less money, but go all in on a detail that most people think doesn't matter. And so our letterhead is now $9. It's a sheet of steel. We write on it with a sharpie. Um, our book. Uh, you just showed the, you know, the hardcover of the book. But originally, I made 50 books that were handmade. They cost $200 a piece. They came in a leather bag and they were in a linen box. And I sent them off to like Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk and Michael Hyatt and these huge influencers that were either clients or friends or mentors or people I respected. And people were like, why well, would you invest $200 in a book? Um, most people are bragging that they got their book for $1.37 and they got it 2 cents cheaper. And I'm like, well... Last time I checked, there's 30,000 books being published on Amazon, uh, 30,000 a week. And I'm like, I want my book to be the book that skips the line of the other 50 books that have been sent to them. And I want them to actually read it. and I want them to talk about it. And so now all the books I send out to people, I order a couple thousand of those books at a time. They come in a leather bag and linen box. They're not $200, but they're super expensive. Um, best ROI. I mean, when I send them to event planner CEOs, People I meet on airplanes, people like respond immediately and they're like, John, I've been reading books for 40 years. This is the nicest book I've ever seen. I read it immediately. And I'm like, what's that worth when somebody's willing to consume your playbook and remember your book above all else? People are like, How did you get your book in Korea? You self-published your book. And I'm like, I got enough people talking about it and buying it on Amazon that it created a ripple effect. And how did you charge 30 grand to go keynote someplace? I'm like, because we play bigger with our details than almost anybody else. And when you you know, I tell people, when you gift like a king, you get treated like a king. And most people are like, oh, it's wasteful, oh, that's stupid, oh, that'll never work, oh that like, I don't have time for that. I'll just invest money in the trade show. And they're they're basically they're sheep. They follow the same playbook as everybody else. And so the little things like that, like you did with, you know, it's like, oh, I could just send the knives. Like, why do I want to take the money, time, energy to put a special engraving on the knives? I'm like, because that's what made them valuable and personal to him. And for him to value them is everything. And most people don't realize it's not stuff. Most people in America and in Western culture don't need more things. Like we're, re, we're like, I'm re-gifting and, and giving to goodwill faster than, you know, than anybody. And, and all your clients are that same way. They don't need more things. Like the book Essentialism has confirmed that. Like we need, but we all have room for an artifact. And when somebody makes something personal to us that's useful, man, you want to talk about like, you know, playing on a whole nother sphere. And, you know, people, everybody wants to play in the blue ocean. And I'm like, then start doing
1: things that are different than everybody else. Man, the word artifact, like it just really got me thinking about, hey, now how I can leverage this concept with the people that are most important to me that I'm building relationships with. That was strong. Very, very good. John, as you look into the future, you know, next five, 10 years, what are some of the things you're most excited about in your business or in your life? Yeah, well, I would say, um, I mean, I have three
0: daughters. I have a wife who's been super supportive through, you know, the entrepreneurial roller coaster of ups and downs. And, you know, 19 years, it hasn't been all like, you know, sunshines and rainbows. Like, I'm spending more time with my family than I ever have. This summer, I'll take three weeks and go to the beach, make memories with my three girls and my wife. And, um, you know I'm, I'm excited about you know, the potential of, of some large organizations that might be international tours of speaking. We'll be able to take my family to experience Europe or Australia or those kind of places, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know We're starting to get vendors to reach out to us, which has been pretty crazy, like people pitching us on products. and, and recently within the last you know, year and a half two years, we had somebody make these crazy. I used to make fun of mugs. And uh, they made these six hundred dollar mugs for me and my wife that like were tied into our why and our core values and and really just melted my face off. My wife, who's super picky, was like, "This is the nicest gift anybody's ever sent us." And so we're starting to partner with other vendors that uh, really selectively, but but to find other meaningful artifacts that that are super deep. And we just actually made one of those for uh, for somebody to give to Richard Branson, and we've had billionaires cry when they're receiving these artifact mugs, which has just been like super meaningful and. And, um, and so we're, we're adding products, but really at a core level, um, something I've been kind of dreaming about. Um, there's a book called The Five Love Languages, which a guy named Dr. Jer- Gary Chapman Gary wrote like Chapman. 30, yeah, 30, 35 years ago. And really at a core level, what, gift, what, what we teach with giftology is just loving on people. It's a a gift is is synonymous with loving. You know, it's just a a tangible representation. In the book, Five Love Languages, which was written for marriages, there's words of affirmation, there's physical touch, there's acts of service. Really, all of those are just forms of love. And my goal is to be able to write the five love languages for business because really gifting is just one of the five. And, you know, all the things that we teach are all tied to all five of those things in business. Um, People are like, well, what about the Me Too movement? How do you do that with like physical touch? I'm like, Last time I checked, everything could be done digitally, but conferences and breaking bread over dinner and shaking somebody 's hand is more powerful now than ever before. like we still crave to connect as human beings and shaking somebody 's hand is still super powerful and meaningful and so i 'm like, if you want to build a, a long term partnership with somebody, you better go fly and be eyeball to eyeball with them and shake their hands and maybe break bread with them and gifting 's part of that, but there 's still other elements of relationship building that are still important, and so um, the guy's 82 years old. Gary is... Uh, other people have been telling him about me for the last couple of years. And so I have dinner with him uh, in about three weeks. And so the hope is that he'll, uh, he'll agree to, um, to either write the forward or or co-author the book with me because I, I feel like that's the next evolution of Giftology um, is that five love languages kind of incorporation into uh, the concept. And that book, the original book is still being... Still hitting new York Times bestseller list thirty years later, like it's it's got legs and uh and hopefully he'll he'll consider me somebody that he'd want to align with and partner with to uh, to carry the torch uh for the next fifty years.
1: Oh, that is amazing, John. I hope this comes to pass that Gary partners with you and you get to you know leverage that title the five love languages for business that that's going to be fantastic
0: yeah, that's the hope and so we're fortunate my business partner rod who owns half of giftology is is really a turnaround specialist he helps companies that are doing 2 million to 50 million in revenue to help them kind of scale and turn around and so we're starting to invest in other companies and and be able to help use giftology and some of our skill sets to help them grow and and, uh, and so the goal is for us to be able to invest in people, invest in companies, and um, continue to do what we do and help people, inspire them. You know, I foresee a day where there's a, you know, we've sold a million books inspired a million leaders to treat all of their relationships differently and to love on those people differently. I get a million leaders out there loving on their employees and their spouse and their clients differently. You know, it's uh, the trickle-down effect of that when you inspire a CEO or a leader to do that. To me, is uh, is pretty special, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to to do that with in partnership with, you know, kind of the handshake agreement I have with Cutco and some of these other other vendors. But uh, but loving on people is is the five to ten year plan.
1: Yeah, wow, wow. So the book is Giftology. You've referenced the where people can go there for resources. Any other ways that people can uh, get in touch with you or follow you that you want to share?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I would say that's a great place to start is the giver's edge. If they decide after they get the free resource that they want to buy, you know, giftology is available on Amazon like six different ways. That's, uh, that's a, a great part two step or a second step. Uh, but beyond that, if they if they want help sourcing their gifts and, and consulting and kind of developing what we call a loyalty action plan, whether it's to access, you know, Potential clients, but more specifically, how do you appreciate all your current relationships you know there there's uh, they can google us and and uh, and find our contact information to uh, to engage us with a plan but I think more than anything our our goal is yeah we love to have clients that buy all their gifts from us, but uh, whether they do it through us or on their own, just do it yeah you know, like start writing down who you're grateful for you know leveraging the gratitude muscle and start saying hey if i really if i say i want to be different let's start being different about how we love on our our clients and our employees and and put our money and our time where our mouth is and uh, and start executing on that
1: fantastic john well this has been amazing well i just want to say that you are someone that i have a tremendous amount of respect for you're a pioneer you are totally unique and there are so many people who are out there doing amazing things who started with Cutco. You know, the whole idea of changing lives, selling knives. There's so many people out there who are doing amazing things. You are one that I think the rest of us, and I know I can speak for the rest of my colleagues and past Cutco greats. You are the one that we look at with awe. Like, How did you do this? How did this farm boy from Ohio who milked goats build this incredible gifting business and this amazing concept of giftology and radical generosity and all the amazing clients you have and people you're connecting with? It's incredible, man. So kudos to you for all the great work. And thank you so much for taking some time with me here today. Yeah, it's my honor.
0: It's uh, it fun, Dan, as it always is. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, John.
1: What a unique interview with John Rulin. Truly a pioneer in the Cutco business, but more so in this whole aspect of radical generosity and the concepts that he is teaching with giftology. Number one all-time Cutco sales rep, he sold $8.5 million of Cutco personally. But as you can see, he has branched that into an amazingly successful career outside of the Cutco business as well. And uh, is influencing people uh, all across the world with his concepts. I love where he talked about how people should be equating the concept of business gifts with personal gifts. That you wouldn't give a branded gift for somebody for their wedding, right? And thinking about that a gift is about the recipient. It's not about the giver. It's about the recipient. And how can you make your gifts about the recipient? How can you exhibit some of these same concepts to build greater relationships with the people who are closest to you, whether you're a business owner, those of you who are realtors listening to this, of course, this is like right up your alley to adopt some of these concepts, builders, lenders... I mean, so many great concepts that were shared right there by Mr. and So I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was fantastic. Look forward to some other great episodes coming up. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. This is Dan Cassetta, and it's March 24th, 2020, as I record this. This is truly a period of unprecedented uncertainty. And it's so important for those of us who are more fortunate, whose livelihoods are not being threatened by the situation at hand, to really be proactive about supporting others who are in more difficult circumstances. Now that you've learned John Ruland's concept of radical generosity, think beyond just clients and employees and consider how you can contribute to others in your circles, not just through gifting, but through giving others your time, your resources, and your support. I'm proud of the ways that the Cutco Vector community shows up for others in a time of need. Let's all do what we can to keep changing lives for the better through our own positive influence.